involved. Uh, the, the title is Avoiding Malware and Fake News for Christians. Uh, it started out as Avoiding Malware for Christians, um, but then I decided I'd add fake news in there too. Uh, just because we're bombarded with so much, it, and it's not just the secular world where we're bombarded by that, but we're bombarded with it, um, with different um, uh, attitudes, um, different teachings, and uh, the question is, how do we feel at peace? How do we know um, uh, what is true? Uh, and the series right now that we're in on the lectionary, last week Ben taught on recognizing Jesus, and he taught from the passage um, on the road to Emmaus, where uh, two of the people who had been followers of Jesus uh, were uh, dejected and walking along, and um, Jesus joined in beside them, and they didn't know who he was, uh, and he was asking why they were so downcast, and they were explaining that they had thought this was the one, this was who was going to save them, and, um, and even though they had also heard about the resurrection, they were still dejected and wondering you know, what's this all about? And, they, and, uh, and then Jesus started talking to him about Scripture and how all of it was fulfillment of prophecies and it was all what needed to be done. And first off, how many of us would like to have that done? <laughs> how many of us think, okay, if I could just have that experience, it would be so much easier for me and I could trust. But we actually do have that experience. <laughs> uh, in fact, we have the full story written here that God said, was necessary. So um, we do have it, but we would often say, well, if I actually had the chance to talk with Jesus, that would mean so much more to me. And I guess the question would be, would we recognize him if he was there? Uh, uh, he has told us that um, we're to see him in each and every person we encounter, uh, that we are supposed to uh, interact with each other uh, as if we're interacting with him. And so the question is, what, uh, how do I avoid the fake news? How do I avoid all the things that would blind my eyes uh, to what the truth is? Uh, how do I find that truth? Uh, and it's a pretty deep topic, but after uh, Ben's message about recognizing Jesus, the passage that came up for me to teach on today uh, was uh, dealing with that same topic. Uh, it's from the Gospel of John. And it's, it's about uh, recognizing Jesus also, but by his voice. It's the, the good shepherd and his sheep. And um, let me read that uh, passage so we can have that in our minds as I go forward. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep by the pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, 
Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So even the story last week that Ben shared from, the people not only were seeing the person walking with them that was in fact Jesus, but they were hearing him. They were hearing his voice, and yet they did not recognize him either by his appearance or by uh, his voice. And the question is, would we, uh, do we, do we, um, we are bombarded with so many things, not only, again, the secular things, but so many teachings by so many, I mean, it's, we're not without enough denominations. I mean, when I, when I came here today, I can't tell you how many churches I passed, uh, both traditional Christian. I also passed through a Jehovah's Witness over on uh, one place. I, um, so many choices. Uh, I had clients, Seventh-day Adventists. I didn't, I don't think I passed a Seventh-day Adventist church. I'm not sure where we have one here in Fort Wayne. Uh, I, was, I know we, we probably have one, but I don't know. Uh, um, and all the different reasons why these denominations have sprung up. Uh, uh, it, each one wants to contend or claim that they have a kernel of truth that the rest of us have missed uh, in some way that, that makes their approach the better approach. Uh, and the question is, how do we ourselves uh, come into that connection um, with uh, the truth? And I'm, if, if any of you know me, I'm pretty open. I love to fellowship with a bunch of people. I've enjoyed my clients who are Seventh-day Adventists. I've enjoyed listening to them and fellowshipping with them. And uh, they've never invited me to attend their worship with them. But I would go if they asked me to because I like to hear. I like to hear. And I trust um, the Holy Spirit in me to filter uh, and that I will take the good. And if there's any false teaching or bad thing, that I will trust that the Holy Spirit will help me uh, to discern. And and. Uh, so I'm always at peace with that, and I've, I've attended such a wide variety of, of services, and I'm always blessed um, whenever I'm there because I know what my heart's there for. My heart's there to worship God, uh, the one true God, and I can do that in any setting with any body of people, uh, and I can, I can be blessed through the process. Uh, but... I've come to know that and be at peace with that, but I know other people can sometimes be led astray. They can be led into false doctrine, uh, and uh, the question is, how do we how do we avoid that? And I think this um, passage here is um, the passage Ben taught on last week. How do we recognize Jesus? And the one this week is, how do we hear His voice? How do we know His voice? Um, if you know me, I prepare teachings and then I rarely follow them. <laughs> uh, uh, I am uh, 
I, I prepare the teaching because I want to do the due diligence to study the materials. Um, and then I turn it over to the Holy Spirit to use those materials and deliver whatever message he leads me to. And so when I'm over here, what I'm praying is that Holy Spirit, put the words in my mouth and deliver the message that you want delivered. I've prepared one. Uh, uh, now use whatever out of that and help me to talk to the people. What motivated my title on this is, you know, in our world um, that is so electronic these days, we're inundated with warnings about malware, and we get all, and we're also inundated, inundated with fake news. But the malware warnings, if you're on Facebook or you do emails, all the time. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get bombarded with phishing emails all the time. Uh, Phishing emails, if you're not in that world, are ones that are trying to get you to respond in a way that they can steal your data. Uh, I, in my law firm, was um, nailed by one of those, uh, and we lost $56,000. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a bad weekend. <laughs> uh, as I was, as I was, it, you know, it was money we... I was communicating with a client who lives a little further distance away, and we had resolved the case for them, and uh, we were talking about how to give them the money, and they were old, and they were um, uh, immunocompromised, and so really weren't into getting together to uh, do it, and they were asking me to wire the money to them, which during the, during, uh, uh, the pandemic, I've done a lot of times. And so I get an email from them with their instructions for the wiring. And I go to my bank with those instructions, and the bank wires that money. And I was, um, it was actually on a Sunday. We did this on a Friday. <clears throat> and on a Sunday, I was uh, wondering, I haven't heard from them. Usually he would call and tell me he's gotten it and you know, how happy he was. And I haven't heard from him. so. On a Sunday, I called him, I, and I said, hey, you, did you get the money? He says, well, no. I, I got an email from you saying you were going to mail it. And I thought, unchristianly, I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and sure enough, the, first, the next day, by the way, I tried to call my bank's fraud department. Interestingly, they're not open on weekends. <laughs> How foolish is that? <laughs> so I, I think the bad guys probably know that. Uh, but I didn't. Uh, so I couldn't get through to my fraud department. So the first thing on Monday morning, I'm at the door when the bank opens up. And we uh, contact them. Ultimately, the good news is uh, the receiving bank had only allowed $3,000 to be released. And so we were able to get 53000 of that back. The other good news was I was insured. Uh, so uh, I had a $5,000 deductible. So the worst that we were going to be out was $5,000. But I didn't like the idea that some bad guys got out there. And, and they also, they sent back an email um, pretending to be from my client and saying, we're all going to have a wonderful Christmas now. <laughs> Looking back, yeah, that's how that, <laughs> just me that way, and that made me all the more w w wishing bad thoughts, unchristian thoughts about them. Uh, by the way, I have prayed for them. 
uh, and uh, for them to uh, find peace and for them to find a way to live life without trying to take advantage of other people. But the process of that was these, they had actually inserted a rule in my computer that said every email from me would go through them and every email from this client would go through them. And so they were just, they were communicating and intercepting them all and communicating to us and carry on our conversations. And, and when I showed it to the um, investigators and to the bank, they go, oh, wow, that was pretty, pretty ingenious. And I said, yeah, it worked on me. So, uh, but how do we recognize things like that, though, from a spiritual world? Uh, first off, I want you to know I had a, a bad moment from that. But in the long haul, I'm able, because of my faith, to realize that's only money. Uh, and uh, I can't let that destroy my peace, no matter what. Uh, and I can trust that we will get it resolved. My client was never going to lose out. Uh, uh, we were never going to let that happen, so I never worry about that with them. But, um, but when, when things like this happen in our lives, they can have a major impact on us if our world is not focused properly. Uh, uh, because this world can take things like money away from us. They can cause us financial harm. They can, they can do, they, they can, this world can create physical problems for us. But the question is, where's our peace? And what voice are we listening to? And then how do I know that voice? Now, I knew that voice from that email was not from God. <laughs> God doesn't uh, steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, that was not of him. But the voice I heard that told me peace in this situation was the voice. Because that's what we get. When, when the voice is providing you peace, there's a good chance that that is the voice of God. How do we know that? Um, we come to know it. How do we come to know his voice? It's by the same way he opened the eyes with the people on the road to Emmaus. He opened their eyes by opening up the scriptures to them. That's the same way we come to be able to exercise that. We, we exercise our faith by studying the word, by becoming familiar with the word, by, by studying the teachings of Jesus, uh, by coming to know them, by by ingesting them, by having them become a part of us so that it's automatic. Uh, when, when things are happening, we, we don't have to stop and think because we've empowered our minds and, and the Holy Spirit in us to use that information that we've studied to help filter so that we can react. Uh, you don't have to stop every moment, although sometimes it's a good idea. Uh, to stop and say, is this the leading of God? Is this, is, this, is this God's voice speaking to me when it comes to be, or whether we help someone or don't, or don't help someone or how I react in a certain situation? Uh, but when we feed ourselves with the, with the proper uh, nutrients, and in this case, that is the study of the word. Uh, and when we when we prepare ourselves for that, when we, when we read that, then we can process it without having to think it through. It just becomes second nature. 
Uh, but we can't do that if we don't prepare ourselves. It's like an athlete. Um, you can't go out and compete effectively if you haven't prepared. Uh, you might get away with that with um, uh, natural ability from time to time, but not at the highest levels. Even LeBron James has to exercise himself, has to prepare himself, has to practice. Uh, we all need to, and the same is true with spiritual warfare. It can't simply be that, well, I'm a Christian, so there we are. Uh, we need to exercise our spiritual minds, our, ourselves, by getting in the Word, by studying the Word, by coming to be familiar with the way God acts, the way uh, um, we could expect, and the, and the way we should interact. Uh, and, and that all comes, you know, part of it is being here, but, but being here is a very minimal part of it. Because truthfully, when you're here and when you're hearing me teach, it is your job to have been in study and be spiritually mature to check me. Uh, you know, I'll do my best, and I try to deliver to you truth when I teach. But you're not just passive when you come to church. Um, you're also supposed to be checking the teacher uh, to make sure, because we all are supposed to work together. And that's why Ben and I get together from time to time. We haven't for a while for a lot of reasons, and we both have longed to get together more. But we get together to talk uh, about our basic spiritual growth, uh, what we're dealing with, what we're thinking, uh, what issues we're struggling with, uh, because iron does sharpen iron, and we all are supposed to be in this together. So when one of us is sharing, it's just that we're sharing, but you're to be processing that with where God's got you right now, and where your studies have got you, and it may bring in different meanings or different thoughts to you, or you might even catch that maybe I have missed a point or uh, misstated something. And then it's your job to actually let me know that. Uh, that's how we grow. It's not being critical. Uh, it's just being a fellow brother and sister in Christ uh, that help each of us grow. Uh, but that's how we hear God's voice is by immersing ourselves in this. I, I, in my notes, uh, provide some guidance on this process, and I'll try to cover portions of that with us today. Um, a little guidance on how to judge things is, as we study the Word, I'm focusing only on the words of Jesus in here at the moment. Uh, when you're reading the words of Jesus, Sometimes you read them and they seem awkward, they seem uncomfortable, uh, they, you, you, you hope that they don't mean what you think they mean, and I'm trying to give you um, some ways to uh, read them. First rule would be, don't dodge what Jesus says. Um, if, if you read it and you think, boy, that makes me a little uncomfortable or I'm a, a little bit don't understand, then that's really the Holy Spirit kind of prompting you. So you should say, good. Uncomfortable is sometimes the best place because that's when God can really grow you. If you think you know it all or you, you think you have it, uh, you may be resistant to that tug by the Holy Spirit. But if you read something and you think, boy, that makes me a bit uncomfortable, uh, 
then, then take that opportunity. Assume Jesus meant what he said and that what he said was important. And it's important now as it was when he first said it. So diligently seek to find the meaning and application to your life. In this way, do not read the words of Jesus the same way you read or hear the words of your minister, pastor, or theologian. As I said, as a teacher, I try my best to rightly teach the word, but I am not Jesus. I am not infallible, uh, and I may have gotten it wrong or not fully right. Uh, and so uh, you all, as believers who've accepted Jesus Christ, have been empowered with the Holy Spirit. So many people don't take advantage of that. But the Holy Spirit is our malware. <laughs> it is the best protection we can have, but we have to open ourselves up to it, and we have to ask. Help me process this. Help me understand this. Um, so we have access to the same word. We have access to the same Holy Spirit. So you should be testing uh, and approving uh, or, or correcting my teachings as you, own, as, you, as you do yourself. In this regard, it's important to not say that the Jesus' teachings do not mean what they say. However... We must seek to learn the real meaning of his words within the context of his teachings so that we can understand what he is really saying. Jesus can use figures of speech and techniques just like secular good speakers can do. They can learn to say things and use um, um, techniques of speech to emphasize a point uh, and the emphasis might seem to put it into a different context if you don't understand the technique that's being used. A good example of this is one that you should all be familiar with. Uh, Matthew 5, 29 through 30. I'll read you the passage, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now, it's possible that Jesus meant that literally. Uh, but if he did, then I think nobody here would have eyes left and none of us would have hands. Uh, and frankly... I would run out of hands early in the week. <laughs> and, and, and so we have to say that he was using a figure of speech. And what I would also compare this to is if there's any parent in the room or any child, you probably had a parent say to you or you said as a parent something along the lines of, son, if I see you behave like that again, you're dead. Now, do we really intend to kill our son if we say that? Or, or I'm going to skin you alive. Now, do we really mean that? Or are we just trying to make, drive home our point about how angry we are 
or how important it is that you listen. And here, that's what Jesus was doing here. He was using this phrase to tell us just how important the kingdom of God is, that truthfully it is more important than our eyesight. It is more important than our hands. And we are to value it that much. Uh, Jesus doesn't really want us to gouge our eyes out, but he wants us to know that is how important the kingdom is. Pursuing the kingdom really is, is more important than anything else for us. Uh, and so when we read Jesus' words, we have to look at what he's trying to say from that. And so what he, what he was trying to tell us is how elevated pursuing the kingdom of God is, that we should even put it before our ability to see. We should put it before our ability to hold things. Uh, and that's the elevation. And so as we read his word, we come to know that. And that then, as we study the teachings of him, when we read them in those ways and we let the Holy Spirit prepare us, then we are better prepared uh, to uh, listen to him in our daily lives. Um, now, as he was teaching about the sheep hearing his voice, the reason he was using sheep was also because he speaks to those who are, who are in his audience. And at the time, shepherding was a very well-known th thing. For most of us, we've probably not herded sheep. So it doesn't have the same meaning to us. Uh, but back then, uh, most people were familiar with that, and they were aware that sheep did come to know the voice of the shepherds. Uh, they would know how to respond. If another person who wasn't their shepherd called them, they would ignore that voice, even if it was saying the same thing or sounded the same, because they were tuned into and sensitive to listen to uh, the voice that they'd come to know. For me, that lesson might well be taught to me by my dogs. I have, I have two dogs, and I had an experience recently where I had to drop one of them off at the vet. And my vet has this fairly high wall um, where you deal with the people who take your money. Uh, and on the other side, there's a passageway where they sometimes will bring your dog out for you. Well, my dog's pretty visible because I have Great Danes. So, but, but, but even my Great Dane, unless she steps, puts up on her hind feet and puts her paws on the rail, which she has done, uh, can't see me when I'm on the other side, but I can see her as they've got her over there. And as we were working, I said something, and I saw her head pop up, and she looked for me because she recognized my voice. There were other people talking, and she wasn't responding that way. But when she heard my voice, she responded. So in my world... Jesus could have phrased this as, your great Dane hears your voice and knows your voice uh, and responds to your voice. Uh, and that would have had uh, a meaning that I would understand. So when we read his teachings, we also have to read them that way, is that we have to understand the specific audience he's to. So part of our study needs to come to understand why was that important at that time. This one was a little, I mean, it's a little easier to understand why it was important at that time, but not always. Sometimes it's not clear if he's using um, uh, some kind of uh, hyperbole or some kind of phrase to try to emphasize the teaching. Uh, sometimes it's not clear whether it had a special meaning 
uh, in the culture at the time. So it's our duty to try to study that. It's to, to wrestle with it, to try to find that. Uh, that's part of that whole process is what helps tune us in to his voice. The process, the exercise, is part of the exercise of our spiritual strength so that we can tune in to the voice we're to be hearing and to be listening to. And the more we do that, the more attuned we are to the truth that we're to be responding to versus the voices of the world. Uh, it, it, it does take work. And sadly, unfortunately, most Christians get their feeding here. That's why I tell people church isn't the, isn't the biggest thing in the world. <laughs> I don't care whether you attend church or not. I'd rather you be spending your time studying the Word and really immersing yourself in the Word. Both are important because it is important to fellowship together and it is important to get a teaching. Uh, it is important for that. But if I had to pick the one thing that's more important, studying the Word of God. And don't assume hearing a teaching fulfills that uh, because it won't. It doesn't give you the malware protection that you need. Uh, because this world will whisper all kinds of falsehoods to you. And they sound good. They sound like truth. If you're not prepared, if you haven't girded yourself up with the study and the truth. And so in my notes, I, I give you some other guidance on how to do it. But basically it is, don't just read it. Seek to understand it. And I hear so many people say, well, I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. I say, well, good that you don't understand, if you, if you admit you don't understand it. But then get back into it. Because God says, if you seek me, you will find me. And if you seek understanding, you will get it. But you've got to seek it. And, and, it's gotta be, and, and you've got to understand the importance of that. Uh, now, I'm going to cut out a bit of this. And again... What's, what's really neat is we post these things uh, to our website. So you can see my notes uh, and you can read them because it always has more than what I give because I try, to, I try to spontaneously respond to however it is that I think God is leading me. And I think most of it is, is consistent with the, with the uh, um, lesson I prepared, but there's some other notes uh, that are in there. But... One thing that this teaching did for me was it opened my eyes to really grasp the importance of Psalm 23 that most of us hear it only when we go to funerals uh, because it's, it's uh, frequently used uh, at funerals. Uh, but I had never really put that together and grasped it as much about how it's an affirmation of the voice that calls us, the God who calls us, the family that we're called into. Uh, and um, as I was doing this teaching, and I was studying the fact that his words are always going to bring us peace, his words are going to bring us wholeness, his, his, he's leading us to good things, I then read this psalm over again, and I'm going to read it, and then we're going to read it together. Uh, 
But Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now that's, I'm going to stop there because what a statement. I lack nothing. Now how many of us would say that? I'm sure there's something you want. <laughs> uh, a new car, uh, uh, something you think is important to you. Uh, and in this world it might be. But this is affirming to us, because he is my shepherd, I, want, I need nothing. I have everything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. As I hear this, I think this is a voice I want to hear. This is the voice that, that, that causes me to lay down, to rest, to, to, to be comforted beside quiet waters and refreshes my soul. Refreshes my soul. What a good thought. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We can take peace when we're listening to his voice, that he's going to guide us through the process if we're listening to his voice, if we're seeking to come to know him. Does that mean this world might not kill this body? No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that it won't do that unless God's already got me covered. Because the reality is, people ask me, why do good people die? Why do, why do good people get illnesses? And I say, because God doesn't focus upon whether we live or die in this world. You know, he's beyond that. Yeah, his focus is his kingdom. And his kingdom isn't dependent upon our earthly life. Uh, so he's on a different plane than us. Uh, and and he's, he's playing in that world, uh, the eternal kingdom world. And so, uh, as I'd shared many times, he whispered to me when dealing with a deaf child one time, he says, why do you think it is punishment that I take that child out of that world? Do you love that world so much? And... My response, and you guys have heard it enough times, my response to God was, yes, but this is all we know. And his response to me was, then come to know more. You know, he, he, to, to have the peace, we've got to know him more. We've got to know that we can trust him. These words actually mean something, uh, that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we're going to end today uh, saying this together, and I'd like you to, to kind of really internalize that this is the voice that's speaking to you. This is the voice that calls to you, that you can listen to, that promises these things that tells you this is truth. All this stuff that the world can do to you is light and momentary, harsh as that may seem sometimes when we're dealing with uh, things that this world does to us. But the peace comes from understanding this voice 
and how he's speaking to us. So we're going to um, read this, and then we will um, move towards uh, communion. So if you'll stand and join with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> 